Beards for Radio. Thank you for joining this episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And uh, we got lots to get to today. Um, Some crappy bowl games from the state of Michigan. Uh, (laughs) We got some playoff football, both college and NFL. And then uh, some great basketball we got going on right now. Uh, But I want to start off with um, an article you tagged me in. And we, we just shared it on our Facebook page at Beards for Radio podcast about um, a petition that was started about the most recent Star Wars film. And I don't mean Solo. I mean um, of The Last Jedi. Yeah, article is on a petition to uh, The Last Jedi to take it out of the canon series, which makes it, you know, they have, what, nine in there? They're, 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 they're aiming for, you know, uh, and – they want to take the last Jedi straight out of the canon. Um, they signed a petition to me. It's probably a bunch of, you know, uh, nerdy kids or nerdy ass 40, 45 year olds from 1978 who are just upset and just want everything to be like it was in 1978 with, you know, no CGI, no, you know, sweet backgrounds, you know, they just want to like have, you know, I don't know, fishing wire on, on little models and stuff, which is cool. I get it. You know, that's how it was back in the day, but stuff evolves. Stuff changes. Everything changes, you know, like I don't want to like personally, like it, I'm so used to the movies growing up from the eighties, nineties and you know, two thousands and you know, up to present that I can watch stuff back there, but you couldn't get me to watch no silent picture. You know, you couldn't right. get me to watch no like old 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 western sometimes i'll watch some of the you know like the good the bad and the ugly the clint eastwoods maybe a little bit of john wayne's you know don't get me wrong but you're not going to catch me watching that stuff you know early on so i get it but then again i know that stuff evolves i know that stuff changes i mean like i grew up you know neck and neck with technology you know so to me i don't shy away from it I like watching some movies that are CGI, some movies I, I, I enjoy just straight up acting, you know what I'm saying? And, and if, if you're looking for action, there's going to be CGI in it nowadays because it's going to be over the top. And if it's going to be sci-fi, if it's going to be fantasy, it's going to be CGI. It's going to be over the top. So if they don't like it, I, you know, because it, it doesn't fit their format or the way it should go. And, you know, you know, Luke gets killed off and, you know, like, or not gets killed off, gets ghosted, I guess, if you want to put it like that. Big deal. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's like, I hate these guys that are like questioning the creator. You know, it's just like, you know, you don't go, you you don't, you don't go to mass and, and question, you know, you know, God and, you know, the way they put everything in the book, you know, why question George Lucas? I'm not putting him on like the level of God, but to some people he is, you know, and I just think it's I just honestly think it's just ridiculous that they're going to that extremes to canonize a movie. It's like it's like if you're really that passionate about something, go out and help people, man. That actually helps people. This is like I just can't believe this is like first world problems at its finest. It like almost pisses me off. You know, besides besides the fact that they, they want to fucking decanonize this movie, it just pisses me off that just 
this is what it's come down to where people can just sign petitions and then we just have to obey the social warrior justice people that just like oh we need it like this and that and i'm just i'm i'm over i'm over everything dude well that's what we're here to talk about though (laughs) um well right (laughs) not that i want it like stricken from the record like never to be talked about again but it's like i do wish we could like change some things about the last jedi you know <laughs> like that there were a lot of stuff that when i when i watched the last jedi i'm just like it just there's a lot of stuff that seems unnecessary you know like like the, the whole james bond scene where they're like going to the casino to find the uh the code breaker you know or like princess leia being mary poppins y'all in the in space after a shit gets space. Blown up. yeah or, um, well, the best part of the movie was, you know, Luke milking the giant sea monster to get the green milk. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I think that stuff's great, though. I think it's, like, needed. <laughs> but, like, I think I get a little bit of why people are upset, but I don't know if I would ever take it to that length. Because that, that's, like, an impossible dream. It's like, we're going to start a petition to get Disney to just strike uh episode eight from the record and make a new one like when have you ever known disney to like first of all admit that they made a mistake right (laughs) right um yeah (laughs) if you don't like it that much just skip over it when you've got to watch all of them in a row like that you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah well stephanie it's like if you go to a restaurant and like you don't like the food just don't go back you know what I'm saying? Just so say thank you, pay, leave a tip, just never come back. That's how I am. I'm not like you need. I'm not gonna make a scene and be like, let me talk to your manager. You know, like like I'm some like uh, 250 pound white chick with one of those pixie haircuts. You know, I'm not that. That's you know, I'm not gonna be that person. I'm just gonna move on. You know, like 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 I just never go back well, to it. Then for some, but me personally, I'll go. I'll go back to watch all the series over and over and over again because that's me. I enjoy them. For some people, Star Wars is the restaurant they grew up eating at since 1975 or whenever the first one came out. And like, I don't know. Yeah, and they're, and they're and they're upset and they're upset that it got remodeled and overhauled to meet today's standards. You know, like, oh, come on, people, for real, for real. Um, speaking of something that needs to be overhauled and reset to meet standards, um, I want to transition to the Michigan State bowl game, and I'll just quickly say, um. What the hell? I've never seen a bowl game end with a seven to six score. Like, I can't. I just. I can't believe that. Um, like, why even show up to the bowl game? You know, the Red Box Bowl at all? If you know your your defense is going to give up seven points to an offense that averages almost forty a game with a quarterback who would be the number one pick if he decided to go pro. Um. <laughs> Usually you see that as a win, you know, if you told me Oregon would score only seven points. So Michigan state de facto, we need to score eight points or more to win the game. I would take that, but you know what? Asking Michigan state to score seven or more points a game is apparently just asking too much in today's football world. Yeah. And it, and it really shouldn't be knowing seeing how high powered offenses should be running. You know what I'm saying? And what killed me was the uh, the play where Lewerke was like, 
Bob running around, like bending over to get the ball, and he'd like kick it with his foot. The one kick it goes, like, for, like, picks it up and throws it. Like that was the first play of the second quarter after what was actually like the first decent drive of the game. Like, a like that's three points right there. Um, when they were attempting like a fifty yarder right at the end of the game, Lewerke bobbled the snap on that one, had to pick it up, you know, and basically run out of bounds. That's another maybe three points right there. Like. Just like I can't imagine being on that defensive unit for Michigan State and just being asked to do so much, and it's not enough just to win a game that the offense had a month to prepare for. <laughs> the stat that blows my mind is they've scored two touchdowns in their last four games. Dude, that's a touchdown every eight quarters. Wow, that's crazy. Or a, a half a touchdown a game. And it falls, it falls on Mark D'Antonio. Like, I'm starting to get on the train that says, like, hey, maybe he should be fired. Because, you know, if you, want, if, if you hire an architect and he takes, a, he takes a few years, but he builds you this beautiful house, the best house you've ever seen, but then he quickly and stubbornly sits on the front porch while it burns down and he's the one lighting the matches, I'm not going to hire that contractor. Are you? No. And you know what, man? It's 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 not it's not far from the contractor that you know I paid for. You know, mm-hmm. I paid for a contractor too in Ann Arbor, but he's not panning out as well. You know, and and, and I'll take this. I'll make this take, and I tell everybody that you know Michigan State, Michigan fans alike. I said we're dealing with the same teams right here, yeah. regardless regardless of record, regardless of play. You know, they're the same team. You know what I'm saying? They're a good defense. They're good, better at defense than they are at offense. They're missing mega cogs from both offenses. And they have a coach who's so stuck in his way, so stubborn that he's going to be conservative to prove a point, you know, because he's so damn stubborn that you're not going to knock him off and tell him to, you need to step back, be a head coach, and let your offensive coordinator let loose. You know what I'm saying? Get an offensive coordinator that it, it's going to run this high-powered offense. You know, it's going to run this spread offense like you need nowadays. You know what I'm saying? And until they figure that out, we're going to see Clemson and Alabama in the playoffs. Till 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 somebody goes, what are they doing down there? Let's let's do what they're doing down there. You know what I'm saying? Let's kind of follow suit because you know you're seeing it. You're seeing it in the NBA. Golden State, it was Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State, Cleveland. People are starting like, okay, we need to start shooting more. We need to get our bigs to start shooting more. We need to spread the court. We need a guy to just a dump in the middle to get rebounds to kick it out to us or, you know, be a good, you know, rim protector. We've seen it happening in the NBA. It's happening in football. It's it, Everything's evolving. The two major sports in America, basketball and football to me, are evolving at a rapid pace, and these coaches like Harbaugh and D'Antonio are just not keeping up with it, and it, it they just need to. It's just it's a no brainer, you know. And they need they need to hire good young, offensive minded coordinators and just step back and loosen the reins a little bit and just be more of a mitigator than let's say a you know one of those people that are just like over your shoulder. You know, they're like you know what what do they what do they call that when you're you know, micromanaging when you're, you know, you're a micromanager, you know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I feel he's doing. Just mitigate when needed 
and just have trust in your your staff. You know, if you're handpicking your staff, you're handpicking these kids. Have trust in them. You know, and I just don't see that on both ends. Yeah, and you know, defense doesn't win championships anymore. Like it helps, it helps a lot. But um, look at who's been winning the title in the NBA. It's been the Golden State Warriors. Look at last year's Super Bowl. That was the highest scoring Super Bowl we've ever seen, and it came with a backup quarterback. Um, and look, look who's probably going to be going to the Super Bowl now. Like, you know, maybe the Chiefs and the Rams, like the Monday night football game that was oh so entertaining that we saw a couple months ago. You know, like it's, it's great that Michigan State has this world-class defense and, you know, Michigan too. Like, that's great. That's fantastic. But even in the last – three to five years, football has changed so much. And if you can't keep up, then you don't deserve to be in the race. Yeah, most definitely. And and in in Michigan State's defense, at least they kept the number one ranked quarterback, you know, down to seven points. You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll give them that, dude, most definitely. Without Justin Lane, who sat out the bowl game, like their best cornerback. Like, I can't – I can't believe that. Like that's that was the most unbelievably sound defense I've seen in a year. You know, like, but you know, it's it all goes to waste. Like D'Antonio said, this was a championship defense. Yeah, but your offense couldn't compete in the MAC. If you had an Eastern Michigan level offense, you you maybe have three to four more wins this year. Hey, dude, that that's 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 almost like I don't want to say fact because it's so, so opinion based, but it's like think about it, you know what I'm saying? Just just think about it. If they had a little better of an offense, if Felton Davis would have stayed healthy, you know what I'm saying? If L.J. Scott would have ran like he was supposed to run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All, all the cards out, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen like that because you had that offensive-minded, I mean, defensive-minded head coach. And, and you know, that you can kind of like, okay, I, I, we know how to change that. Let an offensive mind take over your offense. You know what I'm saying? But for me in Ann Arbor, it's like I have an offensive-minded head coach, one who was an ex-quarterback, the most, like, you know, prime position you can be. You're the leader. You're the guy on the on the field. You guys are calling the shots. And yeah. this is kind of offense you're coming up with. And then on the other hand, you're, oh, Dr. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Blitz, Dr. Blitz. But what happened the last two games? They got blown out. Their defense didn't look anything like the first 80% of the season. You know what I'm saying? Once once they got their butts whooped by Ohio State, it's just like everything went downhill. And we saw it happen in the bowl game. So there's a, there's, there's a lot to fix on both ends, man. I just think it, it starts with the head coaches, and it starts with them loosening the reins on areas where they're not experts at. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I think for Michigan against Florida, it, it just looked like Florida wanted it a lot more than Michigan, you know. Michigan, like, going into the Ohio State game was so close to all of their goals. You know, going to Indy, if you win in Indy, like, probably a playoff berth. And then, you know, just, you know, the Ohio State game happened, and it looked like Florida, with a first-year head coach, you know, wanted that bowl game, the Peach Bowl, a lot more. Because it it meant a lot more to Florida. That's what it looked like. Yeah, most definitely, because, you know, last year they beat Florida. You know, and, they, and it, it kind of carried on over into the season, even though they lost their first game to, you know, Notre Dame, which, yeah. you know, fine. I'll give them that. At least they lost to, you know, Notre Dame, you know, who was in the 
in the playoffs. in the college playoffs. So it doesn't hurt that is as bad. What hurts is that he's still one in ten versus AP top tens. That's pathetic. That's not what. That's not what. That's not what us fans signed up for. You know what I'm saying? It's not what I'm sure. Not not with the alumni. Not with the boosters. Not with the fan base signed up for. You know this is. You know, it's it's championship, it's number one, or it's nothing, really. You know what I'm saying? When they're paying you that much money, you're a $9 million a year man, you better be showing something more than just run, run, pass, punt. Run, run, oh, pass, pass. Run, 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 pass, punt. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it. he needs to be more deceiving in his, in, in scheming, in his play calls. And he's not, he's just too conservative. That That's, that's what it boils down to. He's too damn conservative and sometimes I think Dr. Blitz plays defenses that kind of over pursues and it lets a, a, a fast quarterback like we see in the college step up and run it you know so there's a lot to, there's a lot there's, I want there's a lot I want to see different but um, they just need to stop being conservative stop being conservative that time is old now look at look at what Dabo's doing look at what you know Urban's doing you know what I'm saying? Those guys are good coaches because they they know how to coach. They're not micromanagers. Times. And it's like um exactly. before before the Dolphins officially fired their head coach, Adam Gase, um, who I really liked. I thought he was a good head coach. I thought he deserved another year. But you know, Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, is a flaming idiot, but that's a different thing. Um, I saw this report that said the Dolphins were considering firing Adam Gase and pursuing Jim Harbaugh. And just on every level possible, I was like, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare do that. Um, one, because I don't like Jim Harbaugh. I could not cheer for a team that has Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Two, again, I think Adam Gase is a good head coach. I think, you know, he's going to get hired somewhere and make the Dolphins look stupid in a couple years because he is, he is that forward-thinking, offensive-minded, you know, quarterback guru type of guy young I, I believe he's in his 30s or early 40s and um again I just think the game of football has passed Jim Harbaugh by and I honestly wouldn't take him as my NFL head coach yeah on the flip side to be honest with you I think he'd be a better NFL coach than he would be a college coach yeah you know maybe, I, don't, I, I don't think I don't think he's gonna go back to the NFL I think he's gonna stay at Michigan you know, for for a good while. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, he's bow. He's bow now. He's bow now. He's got the cack. He's got the nine million dollars a year. Yeah, he's he's probably treated like a god walking through Ann Arbor. He probably has not paid for a meal since he's gotten there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I so two stories about that. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like I people probably just give him shit. You know what I'm saying? I'll just take it. Don't worry about it. You know, just tell him you came here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, set out a snap, set out a tweet that you came here. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Right. I get it. Don't, you know, but I think he'd be more of a better NFL coach because, you know, like I think these kids think he's like a, a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? I think his adult humor goes over these kids' heads. You know, sometimes he's just like a, you know, the, the nervous chicken thing. It's like if you're an 18 year old kid, you're thinking like, the fuck's this guy talking about? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I don't want to go into depth more like awkward shit he's done. You know what I'm saying? But you can't do that to NFL players, grown ass men who are making more money than you. You know what I'm saying? It's a, you, you have to, you have to approach. 
I feel like you'd have to approach coaching differently being an NFL head coach and you would being a college head coach. And um, yeah. I think it would conversation if you, if you go up to your NFL starting quarterback and you're like, hey, listen, I don't want you to eat chicken anymore. Well, what, right. why, why can't I eat chicken anymore, coach? Like, Because it's a nervous bird. Well, like, screw that. I'm going to eat my chicken, you know, over <laughs> college right. quarterback. You know? That's, I mean, that's, that's what not, I'm saying. That's so, like a knock, you know. Like, I thought that was a funny story when it came out. But it's like, I don't know. At least he wasn't like no, covering abuse or anything. <laughs> that's my that's like my go to story because I think it's just the most absurd thing in in the world. Everything he said, like, and he said some he said some absurd ass shit. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most like absurd thing I've ever heard anybody say. Don't eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. <laughs> Excuse me. Would you be nervous if you and like everyone that you loved were penned up, right? And they're coming and taking your kids, you know, in the egg form before they can hatch or come taking your kids, you know. And then some of you guys would go to the slaughterhouse and you'd be going down the line and you'd be getting your heads chopped off. Wouldn't you be nervous, too? I don't care if you're a chicken. You don't have to be a chicken. You can be anything in this world, bro. If that's happening to you, I think you'd be a nervous uh, creature of God, too. So it makes no sense to me, you know. I just had some chicken before this uh, recording, so I hope it, I hope this isn't a nervous podcast. Uh, I, gee, I I have chicken like every day, so I'm, I'm like a nervous lifestyle. Then I, I don't know, but it's just yeah. awkward to me, and I, I I think I think he'd fit better in the NFL because people wouldn't buy his bullshit or listen to his crap. They'd be, be like, shut up, you know, and just coach. Right. And then yeah. you'd have, then you'd, ha- then you'd have offensive coordinators that would step up and say stuff to him, like, "Dude, this isn't working." Right now, you have guys that he's handpicked, so of course they're going to be yes men. Of course they're going to go out and be like, "Oh, Jim Harbaugh is the best thing since you know sliced bread, you know square cheese and the bologna slices." You know, and well, <laughs> in and in NFL you won't get that. And meanwhile, you got Mark D'Antonio bragging about how he's never fired an assistant. He hasn't. He's never fired somebody. Like, grow the hell up, Mark. You got to fire somebody eventually. Otherwise, you're not a good boss. Right. And it's it's not like – it's not. it has nothing to do with loyalty. You know, what it right. breaks down to is this it wins. Wins equal money, equal business, you know, equal more kids that want to come in. You know, Michigan State, ever since they've been doing good at football – you know, and basketball has been solid. They've seen an uptick in in kids registering to go to Michigan State, dude. And that's that's it's a business. It's a flipping business, and it changes kids' mentality. So yeah. crazy, though, um, man. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to talk about the college football playoff uh, for a bit, but you know, it was just two games that were kind of, um, you know. Clemson Notre Dame was kind of like a slow kill, like you know it was thirty to three, but I think it was closer than that throughout the game. Then Alabama Oklahoma, like Alabama just got the deed done quick. You know they cut the chicken's head off, and then Oklahoma, you know the chicken was running around with its head off, scored a few touchdowns, looks closer than it was, but um, I still think despite what Ohio State and Georgia fans will say, um, both Notre Dame and Clemson or Notre Dame and Oklahoma were the deserving teams to get into the playoff. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you because 
we, we can't just automatically say, well, Ohio State, just throw them in there. You know, and like, to me, Ohio State was the next in. You know, Ohio State was number five, you right. know, in my opinion. But like, you can't say what Notre Dame did all season was, you know, you, you have to poo-poo and push it aside. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, rightfully so. And if they didn't show up, they didn't show up. You know what I'm saying? You can't be like, haha, I told you so. Which a lot of people right. are doing like, oh, I told you so, uh, football call, oh. playoff committee. You know, you guys should have had Ohio State in there. You guys were wrong. You know, it's just like, the Ohio State could have gone in there and got their asses whipped. You know what I'm saying? It just, it, right. it, anything happens on any given Saturday in college football. So I, I think it. you're right. I think they got it right. Ohio State's ass, Purdue. Like, if you want to make the playoffs, don't lose to Purdue by 30 points. It was the same thing last year with Ohio State. If you want to make the playoffs, don't lose at Iowa by 30 points, you know? And for Georgia, hey, if you want to make the playoffs, that's cool. Don't lose two games. I don't care if they were to Alabama and LSU. You got the slimmest of margins when it comes to getting to the college football playoff. You lose two games, you're disqualified unless every other team has two losses. So, yeah. And then, and then Georgia went ahead and lost to um, Texas. Like, they got simply outplayed in that game. So, I don't even want to hear about that. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to watching Clemson and Alabama because those are – that's going to be a, a clear example on how you should be playing football at the collegiate level nowadays, flat out. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be – you know, I think it's going to be – those guys are just going to stand in the middle of the ring and just throw everything left, right, hook, up, uppercuts, haymakers, jabs. It's, nothing's going to be and it's, left it's young. It's off too young. Table, you know what I'm like, two attack yeah. of Iowa is a true sophomore. Uh, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson is a true freshman. Like, he was in high school 365 days ago. Right. So it's yeah. crazy to see. He's on one of the biggest stages in college football right now. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun game. Like, honestly, I could care less that Alabama and Clemson are playing again. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a like, who gives a shit? Like, you know, it's the same thing, it's, you know, like football. people who want to expand the playoff, you know, it's, it's it still would have been Alabama and Clemson running through whoever was in front of them until they got to each other. Like, it would have been the same thing if there was six teams, four teams, eight teams, if every single college football team got into the playoffs. It would have been Alabama and Clemson, just like it is right now. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I want to watch good football, good college yeah. football at that. And and you know I'll, I won't take any more digs at Michigan, but yeah. Um, who who are you taking right now? Who, who, who who's who's tickling your fancy for the championship? You know, I really like Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for Clemson. I think um, he gives really good interviews. He talks about his faith, which I know turns a lot of football fans off. But to me, it's it's cool. You know, it's cool to see people um, standing out like that. But it's hard to stop a tide that's rolling like this tide. Roll on tide because I think, you know, like I said, Trevor Lawrence was in high school not 365 days ago. Um Tua, like, you know, we've seen him on the big stage. You know, I can't, I can't think of any other freshman quarterback that came in, you know, made his first appearance in the second half of the national championship game with zero margin for error and just win the game like he did. And, you know, I just think overall Alabama has more around them. You know, just, they're, they're just 
they're Alabama. So um, yeah. almost by default, I'm taking the tide. Yeah. I am not taking the tide simply in the fact that even though I think Saban's one of the best, probably one of the best coaches of all time, mm-hmm. I still dislike the man. Oh, and that's and for that said, the reason why I'm going with Clemson is because I love their defense. I love their camaraderie. <laughs> you ever see those guys like off the field when they're interviewing, and you know yeah. the way they're the way they're dancing after the win. They have such a like a fun camaraderie where like all eleven of those guys on that field almost seem like they're blood brothers. You get what and I'm saying? All- you know what I'm saying? They're all first round worthy, especially the defensive line. Like, oh yeah, most definitely. Anybody on the, on Clemson's defensive line is ready to be like plugged into an NFL team, and that NFL team's defensive line will all, all automatically be upgraded. But yeah, you won't meet anyone who who hates Nick Saban more than me. You know, <laughs> right, right. The fashion that he like, left East Lansing, and then the fashion that he left the Dolphins. So. No, I'll, I'll never, yeah, no, no I never cheer. For there. I, don't, I certainly don't want Alabama to win. That's just that's how I see it going. You know, I hope I'm wrong. Right. But like, but like Clemson's defense, they're so fun, like to watch off the field. They're like, like a goofy bunch of brothers, dude. And they just have fun while they do it. You see, they were like eating donuts that's, that's, that's <laughs> and stuff awesome. afterwards and dancing in the locker room. That stuff is like. To me, that's what sports is all about, dude. It's like having, it's like dominating and having so much fun while you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? You're like almost envious of these kids. That's that's like the one. That's the thing I miss most about playing organized sports. You know, growing up, I played hockey and basketball and a little bit of flag football, but that that was only like a couple of years. That um, you know, it's just like this collection of guys that like maybe you don't hang out with regularly or like in any other situation, but then you're like, you become part of a team and it's just, it's something different, you know, like everybody on your team, you got to be able to like stick your neck out for it. Like I see it with uh, Michigan state basketball, you know, they're uh, posting the video on Twitter after their win at Ohio state of, um, you know, everybody's getting into the locker room and it looks like a, a club in there. Like they're all dancing and like spraying water on people. You see it with John Beeline and Michigan basketball, you know, like, uh, the squirt gun thing after when they went on their round a couple of years ago, he like right. <laughs> John comes into the locker room and everybody's having a squirt gun fight. Yeah, most definitely. And that's the man that's, that's a coach that needs to be touted in Ann Arbor. That mm-hmm. that's the man right there. That's changing a culture. You know what I'm saying? Man, like I, years I, ago when people wanted him fired. Say that again. Do you remember like four or five years ago when people wanted him fired? Yeah, ridiculous, dude. It just right. you, it, it takes a minute to change the culture. It shouldn't take more than like it shouldn't take ten years. Yeah, I get that, but it's a culture change, and that's you know I I was saying this on on the other you know uh, my other podcast is that you can plug it, talk and shoot. Talk Everybody shoot. Goes, talk and shoot when you're not listening to us. CRBRadio.com, but yeah. Um, I feel like there there needs to be a culture change in Michigan sports. Okay, it's it's happened in Michigan. I can see uh, Michigan basketball, right? That's yeah. the only place I really see it trending. Michigan State Izzo's going to be Izzo. He's going to be the old Bobby Knight ass coach. Well, I want to say something on that actually. 
because you see such a big change right now with Michigan State's offense. You know, we talked about it all the time last year, how their offense was kind of archaic, you know, pass the ball back and forth until there's five seconds left on the shot clock. He made changes since last year. Um, we'll, we'll get into it more when we talk about MSU basketball, but I think Izzo has done what D'Antonio can't do, and he's updated what he does after 20-some years of coaching. Yeah, and it's you know, and the and the best thing for for basketball too is that you know we're, we're going to see it come to light once the tournament starts. I think it's the probably like the best the best test for anything, you know. But even even so, he's changed. He's still going to be that right. that staunch coach, but he attracts those kind of players. Right. You know what I'm he's saying? So player, right. So it's like like you said before, and he, uh, you got me thinking. You said he's like the players know what they're getting into with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like, I don't necessarily have to get along with you to respect you and understand, you know, what you're doing and what you want to be and, and and why you're really getting in my face. But you know what? Fuck it. If, if they gravitate to them and they, they know what they're getting into, they know what they're getting into. But like every other sport, okay, Michigan, Michigan State football, it needs a culture change. Yeah. Um, you know, Detroit Pistons, Lions, Tigers, Wings, it needs a culture change. You need to yeah. get rid of these old fuddy-duddies and bring in these, like, a McVay-type uh, coach over there in, in with the Rams. He's young. He's energetic. He's opening up the playbook. He's like, oh, dude, look it. I played Madden my whole life. I know I, I know these plays. I know these crazy, crazy schemes to do. And that's what's happening nowadays. You're seeing these coaches either changing or you're seeing these young coaches come up through the rankings, dude, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner than later, and Michigan needs a whole culture change in their sports, every facet of it. Michigan State basketball, Michigan basketball, I feel like they're, they're, already, they're already turning that tide. They've been turned that tide. They're going that way. Every other sport needs to follow suit, dude, or we're just going to be mediocre at everything we do. When the Browns took Baker Mayfield at the number one spot last year, a lot of people criticized it. You know, there were better quarterbacks available, taller quarterbacks. There were more needed positions available for them. But I think Baker Mayfield was like the only guy with the personality and the confidence and, you know, the cojones to just walk into Cleveland and change the way they approach football. Like, if you were going to hop on a bandwagon for, for uh, the 2019 football season – like, for once, the Cleveland Browns would be listed among the bandwagons you would want to jump on. And a lot of that has to do with them taking Baker Mayfield in the first round. Oh, it's, Joe. It's not, like, it's not like he's the best quarterback. Like, you know, I think Josh Rosen might be the best one eventually. Or, you know, Lamar Jackson is in the playoffs right now. I'm watching him right now. Um, yeah, like, Baker Mayfield is what Stafford isn't. Yeah, most definitely. And to be honest with you, Joe, all those quarterbacks you named, Baker Mayfield's going to be the next dude. No doubt in my mind. That guy has changed the culture in Cleveland and flipped it, did a 180 on it. And that's what you need. You need those generational players that come in and change the way these guys think. You know that Baker Mayfield's not going to accept anybody quitting on his routes. He's not going to accept anybody missing their blocks. He's not going to accept 
uh, the running back taking the wrong cut, not following where he's supposed to be and going, maybe go the wrong way. He's not going to accept when he messes up. You know what I'm saying? That's what kind of player I want on my team. I want my team to go. I want a, a player to go and be able to question other players on his team and be open to be questioned. You know, I'm being, being, being able to go to the coaching staff and be like, I think this is stupid, coach. I'm, I'm going to call off if I see something different. And you know what I'm saying? Right. And if you don't let those generational players play, you're going to stifle them. And we saw it happen in Green Bay. I felt like Aaron Rodgers in the past few years has been stifled by Mark McCarthy. Mike McCarthy not letting him uh, call his own plays, not letting him, uh, you know, uh, you know, audible off, look what he's doing. And sometimes he does, don't get me wrong. But McCarthy was really strict on that. And this year, I think that your boy Aaron Rodgers kind of said, all right, fine, I'll just do it your way. And they'll see how bad we suck. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. look what happened. Aaron Rodgers right. is there. And he's making the shots. He's calling it. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you gotta let that go because they're generational players. And I believe in my heart that Baker Mayfield's a generational player. It's changing the culture in Cleveland. And I feel in the next few years they're gonna be some contenders if they keep getting some good spots. I like the fact that they have Nick Chubb. I I don't, I don't know how that guy's getting. Uh, uh, yeah, second no, round. No, second round. He's he's not getting any talks about being rookie of the year. You know they got Jarvis Landry. They got it, I, I can't think of their tight end's name. whatever. Yeah, they got good. They got good stuff around them, dude. They can build and they can grow all together. And I think Baker Mayfield just is was that key that they put in, dude. And I'm, and, and as much as I hate the state of Ohio, dude, Cleveland's, yeah, Cleveland's a spot I'd want the uh, the Lions to be in right now, but they're not. So, right, yeah, like. Um, looking at the draft last year, like as a Dolphins fan, you know, I know the Dolphins have needed a culture change for a while. I wanted either Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen because I thought not only was the talent and the arm there, but like the attitude, you know, and Rosen, it might take a little bit longer in Arizona, but I think, you know, he's got that attitude of like, I need to win. I'm going to be the best. I am the best. And, you know, like so on and so forth. But yeah, like obviously culture changes are needed in basically every facet of Detroit sports right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just sad. Yeah. But yeah, one thing that's not sad, like you talked about it, Michigan and Michigan State basketball, you know, I feel like both programs have been very successful for the last, you know, um, they've been like co-successful for the last seven years, like since the 2011-2012 season. Um, and we still see them like update the way they do things and change a little bit, not too much. Like, so they don't lose their roots. So they're all, you know, still bound in the way that they do things, but they, j they change something that needs to be changed, you know? Yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and sports is forever evolving. So, yeah. And like, that's how Michigan basketball has won 28 of their last 29 games. I never thought I'd see that in Michigan basketball. Yes. You know, as a kid growing up watching the Fab Five, you know what I'm saying, like like, like that, that segment we did with Mike about, you know, growing up in the 90s being a Michigan fan, you know what I'm saying, it's – it's and it being so far away, you think the 90s was like damn near 30 years ago, man, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. So, like me, I'm like – it's refreshing to see Michigan come back. It's refreshing to see the quarter quarterback, the coach <laughs> approach it the way he does. So like, um, 
I'm giddy about that, man. I'm 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 really excited about Michigan basketball. And they played today. They play Indiana today at four thirty. So I'm definitely watching that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think they got a good chance to be the last undefeated team in basketball standing uh, as it is right now. And then Michigan State, um, yeah, like I, I just can't say too much about them because I've just been impressed with them really um, since a few weeks into the season. I thought yesterday's win in Columbus was probably the best win of the season, uh, maybe their best win in a, in a few seasons, honestly. Um just, you know, no Josh Langford, and they, they went into halftime. You know, it was like a back-and-forth game, and then at the end of the first half, Ohio State just did something that clicked, and Ohio State was on like a 12-2 to run or something like that at the end of the half. So Michigan State was down. And like like we talked about, Izzo, you know, he's that hard-ass. You know, he's, he'll get in people's faces. You know, he got in their faces. He, got, he challenged Cassius Winston at halftime, and what resulted, like Cassius Winston scored 18 points in the second half. Michigan State as a whole scored 50 points, and not only that, they did it when it mattered. In the Big Ten, it's like, you know, don't overreact to home wins or road losses. Do overreact to road wins and home losses. Does that make sense? Yes, because I think obviously it's easier. It's it's not easier. It's more, I don't know, people are probably more relaxed playing at home around your own people, you know, in your own city. You know, yeah, so like when you lose at home, it's definitely, to me, the most devastating thing, lose again at home. And the, and the but most elating part of it is winning away, you know what I'm saying? When you come in someone's house and, you know, you put you put your feet on their couch and you say, fuck them, you know, and you, you know, absolutely just take over. So, yeah, there's, there's a sense to that, most definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I thought Michigan State just did what they were supposed to do yesterday. And I, I think Ohio State, like Chris Holtman is that coach, that is progressive and came in and changed the culture of Ohio state a bit. Not that like Thad Mata was a bad coach for them, but you know, he was kind of getting outdated and then Chris Holtman like kind of gave them a reboot. It's the same thing with Archie Miller at um, Indiana who's playing Michigan today. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. I'm just really, just really excited to see Michigan uh, play today because I think that Indiana sometimes, you know, they're, Indiana's Indiana. They have one, you know, they have great history to them. I just don't think that people maybe should, uh, you know, kind of just pass it over and be like, yeah, this is going to be a hard game for Michigan, man. I think it's going to be close. And if it's not, then then I feel like Michigan might be the real deal because I really do like the way Brezdikas has been playing as a freshman. Yeah. Ignasty. That's what I like to call Brezdikas. Ignasty. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, Brazdikas the Freakus. Either one. I really like Brazdikas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to be watching that too. Uh, probably switching back between that and the uh, the football game later. Um, but yeah, I just I can't help but love almost everything I see from both Michigan and Michigan State in basketball. And I feel like you know we've been saying that for a while. I hope we're saying it the rest of the way. You know. Yeah, most definitely, man. Because hey. Nothing, nothing would be better for me would it be to watch Michigan and Michigan State go head-to-head. I think it would be great for the state, dude. You know, you know, state divided in football, state divided in, you know, basketball. And and to me, you know, the rivalries over the past years, the in-state rivalry, you know, to me is more important. I'm sorry, it's more important to me than Ohio State. What is Ohio State because we're in agreement. 
Michigan State fans, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State fan, everybody, dude, they we hate Ohio State. That's a gift. We understand right. that. We want that to happen. But, like, when we have the house divided when it comes to football, it's probably going to happen in basketball, too. It kind of brings state a little closer together. It's weird. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I, I have – a lot of state fans. I have a lot of Michigan fans. I mean, Joe, look at me and you. We're, we're complete opposites on, you know, what we like. But, like, I could go sit down with my Michigan state fans and my Michigan uh, fan friends and, like, there'd be no ill will. You know what I'm saying? And, like, this, this house divided thing is almost like it's kind of like I, I hope it ends up being something like a holiday here in Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, where you know, both sides can get together and, you know, put your biases aside and realize at the end of the night, it's just a game. Right. It's just a game that we played as kids for fun. We played as kids for the passion is love. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what I like about it. Cause I, I I've sat with Michigan fans, Michigan state fans, and it's, it's fun. It's, it's like welcome shit talk and it's not malicious. You know what I'm saying? Or at least that's that's what I got from my experience. So I think the house divided thing in the state of Michigan is actually a good thing. You know what I'm saying? It ironically brings us together, even though it's supposed to be, you know, a state divided, a house divided. It's just weird. Yeah. No, I, it's it's something that's like it's hard to explain, but I understand what you mean completely. Like, um, <clears throat> but it's it's only when like both teams are really on like they are this year, like they were in 2014 and 2013, so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, like I think the best day of the year is Selection Sunday for the tournament when you got a feeling both Michigan and Michigan State are going to be high seeds and you just want to see, like, where they go and if they could possibly play each other, you know. Yeah, or, or if they're going to get bounced by some, you know, crazy, you know, ninth or tenth seed that's like a, right. a, a pocket of talent right and you know it happens to everybody that's why the tournament's so great i mean it is like michigan going and going undefeated and end up losing to like a tenth seed in like a florida gulf coast type you know they, they can come out and just shoot the lights out it happens that's so it's great about you know sports now when we have no ill will to it, it just it's good basketball you know it is what it is, but it happens, and that's why the tournament's great, man. And you're right, Selection Sunday is the best day. It's like almost like you got to set everything aside, get you some chicken wings, alcoholic beverages if you, if you prefer. Me, I don't. I'll probably have some, you know, Arnold Palmer, and I'll just sit there and watch right. it, man. This is great. I don't want to have too much Nervous Bird. Yeah, too much Nervous Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep going back to that. It's too good. It's just, it, I mean, it's it's like the most absurd. It's like the most absurd example I can give. It's just like I want to find a, a better example, but it's just that's just the best example. I'm sorry, never keep, keep going back to that. And it's like right. it wasn't harmful. Like you know, a lot of people were talking about it. Like it was just it was just so like out of left field. It was like what? <laughs> you don't let your quarterback eat chicken? Like okay, whatever. You're the quarterback whisperer, supposedly. Like whatever, whatever you say, man. Right. Sure, buddy. <laughs> um, before we go, I just want to lay this offer out to you. It's a, it's a little after Christmas, but, you know, it's, I, I guess, maybe like an early birthday present because we're, we're, we both got April birthdays. Shout out. Um, I want to get you a shirt from Farbar because I got a special discount on the down low. 
Um, so if you just like let me know what kind you want and like where I can ship it to, and then like, you know, once you get it, do like some unboxing type video or something like that. You know, I think that would be pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of unboxing videos, man. Uh, once I get because you know I find the middle, we're still looking for a house so i'm trying to find a nice little spot where i can uh you know have a office or something deal and i'm gonna start having my um my unboxings because like i get i get subscriptions every month i get a star wars a star wars smugglers bounty box and i get a a marvel it's like a uh, it's like a marvel box and i also get like a a few a few other ones and you got your funko pops too yeah, so yeah, my Funko Pops like like when uh, Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty. I just got one today. It had uh, Funko Pops in them. It had uh, it had Klaatu and the Skiff Guard, and it has Lando Calrissian when he's uh, he's kind of he has that like uh, he has that helmet with like the bone mask face. You know what I'm talking about the Billy D. Yeah, Billy and, uh, D. Lando. Turn the Jedi. Yes. So those two guys I got today, and then I got a mini. Uh, what is this? A mini. Job of the Hut bobblehead. These are all Funko stuff, and I got uh, two. They're shot glasses, but they couldn't put shot glasses, I guess. So they put toothpick holders. So it's really cool. It's um, it's R two D two and C three PO on that one, and then I got a, a a Boba Fett luggage tag, which is cool. Like like it, it doesn't really do me justice letting you know because it's kind of cool to see. But yeah, so once me and my wife settle into our new house, I'm gonna start doing my unboxing videos because I got like maybe five subscriptions. I do. I also have a uh, it's called Collector's Case. I have one. It's called Nerd a Geek Fuel, and I do also Loot Crate. So yeah, I'm I'm always I'm always down to do unboxings, man. So. I definitely maybe Farbar could be my first experimental uh, unboxing I can do, and you know, yeah. most definitely. Best of luck to you guys in the house search. Uh, it's a big Absolutely. step. Yeah, it's um, annoying. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. I know. Pain in the ass. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that covers everything we want to get to on this episode of Beers for Radio podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Check out. Talk and shoot on Cave Radio, featuring Sasha. Yep, and my boy Chris, and you know, and then check out definitely go. What's what's Fairbar's uh, uh, website? Uh, far-ebar.com. Got so all yeah, types go of clothing accessories. Like if, even just like right in front of me, I got a bandana, I got a you know a, a cap, you know a hat, sweater, long sleeve tees, you know tie-dye t-shirts that he does he does all of this himself like it's crazy authentic nice nice all handmade huh yeah so if you want to support you know small businesses local businesses like that's as small a business as it gets you know it's just him like he's doing it all himself so yeah yep absolutely man and um yeah i'm sash and i'm joe happy 2019 to everybody thanks for listening it's radio baby